Hey you guys, what's up and welcome to the Broken Diet Podcast. We are slaying society standards and living unapologetically. This show was designed to connect women to resources to help her live a healthier lifestyle, empower her thoughts, and create the confidence to live unapologetically. I'm your host, Erica Carter, wellness and empowerment coach for busy women. And if you're ready to level up your life, love, and happiness, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey, 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 you guys, what's up? And welcome back to the show. So it is officially Thanksgiving week, and I am super excited. I hope that you are excited. I hope that you have some fun plans. Um, you probably, I'm like, if you probably hear the tiredness in my voice right now, because it's been a very busy, um, few weeks and I had a very busy weekend. I played in a, uh, kickball tournament. One of my fun things I like to do on the side to have some excitement in my life, <laughs> uh, but still being active. And so, uh, I played soccer for years and, um, just trying to stay active in my adult year. So. <laughs> so we had a kickball tournament and you guys, I am absolutely feeling it right now because we played four games. Um, so much fun playing. Um, and then I have also been, um, tapping back into dance. And so if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that I posted a, um, video from the latest dance class. So if you haven't checked it out, head over to The Broken Diet on Instagram and you can uh, check out some of my moves there. But it's been a lot of fun. Um, My body has been aching in different ways because I've been moving it in different ways, which has been really awesome. Um, So just really trying to stay active, really trying to keep some movement going in these limbs <laughs> so that I say as youthful as I look. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so just so much is happening lately, just with the holidays, with planning for 2020 and all of the things. And so the week before last, I, um, I haven't talked to you guys actually in um in a week or two because thanks to mercury retrograde um i accidentally deleted last week's podcast episode um and being as efficient as i was being i even cleaned out my trash so we have to re-record what would have been last week's podcast episode and I have it for you guys in December. So Ashley was so gracious to re-record this episode. Um, I was so bummed, you guys, because it was so good. Um, but no worries, like the content is still coming. It was just, oh, I was so mad at myself for for deleting that. And so um, we are past that. Um, but yeah, planning for 2020 is, um, just really been on the menu and really focused on that. I got my 2020 calendar. I actually got a really cute calendar from Target from, uh, Create and Cultivate, who is someone that I follow and I love their calendar. They have all of the different little holidays, like national ice cream day and all of these different things that are on the calendar. So super fun, especially if you are um, an entrepreneur and planning content. So that's a really great calendar to snag. It was very inexpensive. So they have the monthlies, they have the weeklies. um, And so it's just really cute. And so they do have them at Target if you are looking for an inexpensive, but a fun uh, 2020 calendar uh, slash planner, definitely go and grab one of those. So speaking of new beginnings, um, today's podcast guest is Rhea Arnold. She is the founder of Spaces for Healing. She's a mother of birth and postpartum doula, a visual storyteller, a yoga instructor, and a finance professional. Rhea focuses on upholding the village concept and aiding in providing a safe space for individuals and families to reclaim, then rewrite their own narratives centered around health, pregnancy, 
childbirth and postpartum experiences. With her background in social work, she is extremely passionate about the mental well-being of family, especially after welcoming a new baby into the home. Rhea also enjoys providing Blessing Way and Sacred Moon ceremonies. You guys, this episode was so, so good. I know that you are absolutely going to love it uh, no matter where you are, whether you um, are planning to have kids, whether you have kids, whether you don't plan to have kids at all, uh, just being around um, other women who are going through the birthing um, process. Um, it's just, it's nice to have this information. So I'm, I am super excited that Rhea was so gracious to come on to uh, today's episode and share her knowledge um, and um, just her experience as a doula and something that I didn't, I wasn't even aware of was a postpartum doula. So um, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Hey, you guys, what's up and welcome back. So I am here with Miss Rhea Arnold and I am so excited to have her on the show. I'm super excited for this episode because it's just everything. Um, it is, it's the information that I wish that I had prior to stepping into motherhood. And I think that every woman needs to hear this, whether you've had kids or whether you're planning on having kids. We see so many stories about women and their birthing stories and um, just how things end up. And, and so I'm just, I'm really excited to dive into this topic. So Rhea, thank you so much for joining us today. And for those who are new, that are listening today that are just getting to know you, can you tell us a little bit about you, what you do, and all of the things? Yes. So thank you again for having me. I'm so excited to be here, too. Like, I'm over here cheesing. I feel like by the end of this, my, my cheeks are going to be like <laughs> But um, I'm excited. Um, so just a little bit about me. So I am new in the birth community, um, but just like officially, like officially in the birth mm -hmm. community. But I've been a doula to my best friends when they were pregnant without having the doula title. Like, hey, what do you need? Let me support you. Let me do all of these things. Yeah. Um, but after having my son, so my son is seven, after having him, I definitely said, like, there's something missing. Like, there's, okay, I've had the baby, we were both safe, great, never heard of a doula with my son. Um, and then it was like, okay, I've been watching you all day, I'm waiting for someone else to come home so I can kind of just hand you off, but then I feel bad about handing you off. Mm -hmm. so like, is this normal? Like, what are other people's experiences, but motherhood definitely isolates you in a, in a sense. Yeah. Um, it's like a, before the baby gets here, it's like a really grand welcoming. But when you think about it, the baby showers and stuff aren't centered around the mother. While you're celebrating, you're celebrating the baby. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. um, and so going into the postpartum part, it's like, well, where's what do I do now? Mm -hmm. like, wh where do I go from here? Um, fast forward, uh, my daughter's almost two, but with her, I had really bad postpartum depression. And it was something that, one, I didn't know to call it postpartum depression because it didn't sound like what everybody else was saying that it was supposed to be like, oh, you're supposed to like hate your baby, right? Like, but that's not, that's not how it is at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so I said, okay, I'm gonna become a postpartum doula so that if I can at least help one mother not experience this because I literally had to fight for my life, mm -hmm. then like, you know, my job will be done and I'll be able to pat myself on the back and it'll be amazing. Yeah. And luckily, you know, like the mothers and the families that I've assisted um, they aren't having to go through these things. And I don't want to say it's because of me, but I definitely want to say that it's because they know they have support. Yeah. But what made me become a 
birth doula is just the lack of education that people have. And so, and when I say that, I don't say it in like a shame on you type of way, mm-hmm. but like I've had women who will call me to basically interview me and they're like, you know, this is my second baby, but like, I didn't know what I was doing the first time around. Like mm-hmm. when it got time for delivery, they was like pushing. I was like, I don't know where to push. Like, where do you, and it, and oh I'm just gosh, looking yes. like that's. I had, that's, I had that same experience. That's why I was like, I don't know how to push. What do you, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Right. And then it's like, um, I've heard a nurse say like, push like you're pooping, right? Yeah. And so it's like, do you see the confusion on their faces? Like, wait, yeah. But are those muscles connected? Like what are, yeah. and it's so like, it's so much information that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And then again, going into, if it's your second pregnancy and you're going to deliver, you think, oh, well, I know because I've been here mm-hmm. before, but birth and pregnancies and labor and all of those things look different with each yeah. child. And so I said, I definitely want to do start doing childbirth education classes it's because you think about how many rude questions that you get when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it's like, people don't mean to be rude most of the time, but it's like, but what are we doing? Like yeah. you think still pregnant? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I'm still growing elbows and, you know, fingers mm-hmm. and toes and eyeballs yeah. and ligaments and you know, I'm, let, let me be. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, you have nine months. No, a full-term pregnancy is 10 months. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's just, can we get the basics out of the way? Right, yes. Yeah, wow, yeah. And I think that is, it's it's so crucial. Like, it makes sense because we truly aren't educated on the birthing process and are just, the way that everything is supposed to go. We, we think that we know because, you know, we have this idea, this general idea from, <laughs> from movies and just, you know, different stories that we hear from our friends and our families and our moms. But like you said, like I was, I was on the table and they were like, okay, push. And I was like, but I don't know how. She was like, push like you're pooping. Now, mind you, I had an epidural. So I was numb and I'm like, I don't, am I pushing? Like I am literally, it's something that I literally had to think about and like, think about like, how do I use those muscles without being able to feel them? I don't know how. Right. And on top of the fact that we aren't educated enough to know that you don't necessarily have to push your baby out. Mm. Like there are ways that different techniques where you can, it's called like laboring your baby down Uh, and where your body naturally has the urge to push Mm. like you don't have to force and strain because that's when you start tearing and that's when all these other different things start to happen yeah but we don't know these things and so Mm -hmm. we're going in with my i'm gonna just do everything the nurse and the doctors tell me to because they they do this they know best yeah Mm -hmm. this is what they went to school for yep and that's when we start no longer listening to our bodies Mm. yeah Yeah. And I think that that is, that's a key one because I had a friend that just had a baby and she was saying the same thing. And actually I've heard quite a few different stories about uh, women being in labor and being sent home. um, And they know that they are in labor and um, either having the baby at home or barely making it to the hospital after they've been sent home. How can we educate women on their rights when it comes to their safety of themselves and their baby when it comes to delivery? I would definitely say that one, hire a doula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, that's why I'm here. (laughs) Hire a doula. But then like, so you have to think about it. So if you are someone who is more comfortable in a hospital setting, right? Um, Then, okay, go to the hospital to have your baby. Mm -hmm. But if, someone is like sending you away and they're saying like, because that's happened to a client of mine before. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you aren't, you aren't in labor. Like it'll be a while. Yeah. Go home and, you know, wait it out. But if you truly feel like you need to be seen and you are more comfortable being in the hospital setting amongst doctors and nurses where you can be monitored, mm-hmm. 
you have every right to go to another hospital. Mm, what are they going to yeah. tell you? Like, I'm sorry, we're not going to take you because you just left another hospital. They're not going to do that. Yeah. And yeah. like, you never know, someone in another hospital may see something and may act differently mm-hmm. and yeah. say, hey, maybe, okay, let's, you think you need to be here. Let's kind of wait about a second to see what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like just, and then understanding the stages of labor is mm-hmm. really important. Yeah. Um, and I would also say not just for the birthing person, but then their support team as mm-hmm. well. Right. Yeah. So somebody that now I would also add here that I would not advise you to be in a room ready to give birth to your baby in front of people who you would not normally poop in front of. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, because, like, think about it. That's a very intimate, you're exposed, that's a very vulnerable space, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. if you have your team there, right? Yeah. And people are seeing you in a lot of discomfort, and I don't want to use the word pain, but in a lot of discomfort, mm-hmm. then they might think, like, oh, she's, like, she can't take this. Like, this is too much for her. Mm-hmm. But if they're educated on what labor looks like in the stages of labor they'll say okay she's talking through her contractions we're still in the early early phases Mm, okay Okay, now she's she's not talking as much oh Mm. now she's not talking at all okay we're in definitely an active labor yeah oh you know they know they're helpful as well Mm, yeah so I actually want to take a quick step back because there are, I think when we, we have this idea of what a doula is, and I think for a lot of people, when we think about doula, we think about like the home births or the water births or, you know, so can you just explain a little bit of what a doula is and, and what, like what, what role you play in that process of um, helping the mother prepare for birth and actually giving birth? Right. So, you know, I could give you the textbook version of like, oh, doulas, you know, we provide the non-medical support. So (laughs) the physical support, we're going to rub on you and love on you and give you words of affirmation. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's really my job to anticipate Mm. what is about to happen so that you don't have to say, can you rub here? Can you hold me there? Can Can you just, you know, you're tapping and doing all of these things. Can you my job is to anticipate those things. And what mm-hmm. I tell um, people when they inquire just about my services, I really tell them, like, I become your best friend. Yeah. Um, because we need to form a relationship. So I can tell when, if we formed a relationship and I know when you say I'm okay, I know the difference between your I'm okay and I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if we have that, I'm like, nope. <laughs> okay, step in. So yeah. I'm gonna come in, and from you know the remainder of your pregnancy, we're going to be now. Not all doulas do this, but I will speak for myself that like we're we're best friends. So if you want to text, you want to tell me about your day, great. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you about it. If you don't text me, if I don't hear from you in a couple of days, just so you have that like continuous, and you know that I'm there. Yeah. And sometimes in pregnancy, we don't necessarily want to talk about certain things because, oh, we're pregnant and we should be thankful for this baby. And so we're mm-hmm. supposed to act a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. But I do mental check-ins yeah. because if you're going through a depression while you're pregnant and you're not addressing it because you don't want to, you you know, you don't want anybody to shame you for your feelings or mm-hmm. it sounds bad saying it aloud, then you're going to hold on to it. And next thing you know, now you're going through postpartum depression and wondering why. Yeah. So we do um, mental check-ins, emotional check-ins, like what's, what's, what's going on. And um, going, leading into the laboring stages, um, you know, it's depending upon the doula and the client's relationship and agreement. Um, it She comes in whenever you're comfortable. So some doulas are like, you know, call me when you're five centimeters. Now, mm-hmm. granted, that's if you have someone, another medical provider there, right. um, tell you when you're five centimeters, right? But some are like, yo, I want my doula. Like, as soon as I feel a pain, oh, calling her. Yeah. So I'm literally going to stay by your side through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you think about if you're in a hospital setting and you think about, you might see a nurse at the end of her shift, right? And then 
change nurses. Yeah, yeah. And then you you might still be in labor when she comes back on. Right. Or mm-hmm. The next day. Mm-hmm. Or if she doesn't, then that's a third person that you've met while right. you're still in labor, right? Yeah. And that's very possible, especially for first pregnancies. Um, you could be in labor for more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but a doula is going to stay there. So you, I don't have to relearn what's going on with you, what your preferences are. Right. Um, I, doulas also play an advocacy role. But when I say that, it's not me standing in front of you, arms outstretched, saying, no, 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 medical provider, you won't do this. Mm-hmm. But if it gets to that point, doulas are ready. Yeah. But my job is for us to educate, well, for me to make sure that you're educated enough to know your rights and for you to be able to speak on your own behalf. Mm. So you feel empowered enough because this is your birth. You feel empowered enough to speak up for yourself. Mm-hmm. But then your partner is your second line of defense. Yeah. If you're going through the motions of labor and you're riding the waves and the surges and all of those things, and you can't necessarily speak for yourself. Your mm-hmm. partner is your second line of defense. Mm. Yeah. If there is no partner, your doula is the second line of defense. Okay. But then after your partner comes your doula. And so like I've even had where um, it wasn't even necessarily a like, no, 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 medical writer, you won't do this. But it's my partner was in, the, uh, my uh, doula client was in the thick of labor. And so she could barely speak through her contractions. And so it's like, y'all gave her an epidural already she shouldn't be feeling this mm. and it was very lax of well you know she is in labor right mm-hmm. but she shouldn't be in this much pain especially if we've already talked about it and i know that she has a really high tolerance for pain yeah then like she's in tears holding onto the side of her bed this is not okay and doulas also make sure that well, I always tell people wear like a second pair of eyes, ears, hands, nose, all of those things too. Because let's just say hypothetically speaking that um, either the birthing person has gotten to a somewhat comfortable position, right? And so now all of a sudden she decides she wants ice chips. So she's either going to have to move herself or if she's laboring with her partner, she's holding on to her partner, her partner, they're, you know, in sync, right? Mm-hmm. If they're in that comfortable, and I'm using that word very loosely, comfortable position, who's going to go get the ice chips? Mm. So if the partner goes to get it, then now she has to reshift and shape herself to be somewhat comfortable again. Then she might be in a room by herself waiting for the partner to come back. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we never know where things are in the hospital. Right, yeah. Around trying to find stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and then you have to reposition. But if you have a doula, the doula can step out and continue to labor as normal and then come back in mm-hmm. and it's a doula's job to really make sure that the space is still guarded and safe so if you don't want visitors okay now is not the time for you to come in especially with your your food when she's mm-hmm. in the thick of labor trying right. to you know birth this baby yeah if you want the lights to stay dim but every time a nurse comes in she's got no light okay mm-hmm. Go ahead and politely cut these back off. Yeah. You're in a, a dark, sacred space. Right. Yeah. I love that. Wow. Yeah. It's those little things that we don't think about until we're actually there and we're in it. And um, a lot of times it's, it's we don't know how to um, say what we need because there's so, so many moving parts that are happening. And I've been seeing a lot of, I don't know if it's just my awareness now to it, that I've been seeing a lot of articles and talking points on the importance of a doula for especially women of color. Um, and that was something, again, that I wasn't even aware of, that, um, that we are at a higher risk. And I'm still, still educating myself a little bit on that, but would you care to share a little bit about, you know, the importance of a doula, especially for women of color when it comes to giving birth? Okay, so I'm going to try not to get on my soapbox because okay. <laughs> I'm going to be more. Just women, Black women specifically, because you asked about that, mm-hmm. we've always been um, in the medical community 
just going back certain things and um, instruments that they were using, different tools they were using were experimented on black bodies, mm. right? So, oh, I need um, an exam done. I don't necessarily know how this this instrument will work on this, this uh, human being, but let's go ahead and try it out. And they were always done to black women mm. first, right? And so that's from the beginning, but then we've always been taught that our bodies are disposable, right? So just that part alone is a a lot, right? -hmm. But then when you think about um, you as someone who's not even pregnant, going through the day-to-day of having to really make your space known, Mm -hmm. then add the hormones when you are pregnant, you adding hormones, and then the fear that's associated with really trying to bring your baby earth side and when i say fear the fear is okay am i gonna get mistreated during childbirth or before that are my medical providers going to actually listen to me during my appointments Mm -hmm. or um just the fears of once your child is here what is going to happen to your child will your child be safe Mm -hmm. um so all of those things are taxing and then just from outside of the birthing portion of it, like trauma stored in the body. Yeah. If you don't release it, then it shows up in other ways, mm-hmm. diseases, illnesses, sicknesses. And so I don't necessarily want to give the statistics um, specifically of black women dying in childbirth or the amount of babies that don't necessarily black babies who don't necessarily make it to their first birthday, but it's significantly higher. Mm. Right. And then you have to ask yourself, why is it because I'm supposed to, because I am a strong black woman that I'm supposed to be able to endure pain better than anyone else mm-hmm. or my pain tolerance has to be significantly um, higher and if it is, then what does it look like when I'm in tremendous pain? Yeah. Then, like, that's when it's too late, right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. It's, it's just a lot of moving pieces. Um, but I will, I will say, um, because I wanted to add this part, that if you have a doula, the doula is also there to support the partner. Because we're talking about the rate of black women who are dying in childbirth and the babies that aren't making it, that's Mm -hmm. a lot of pressure on the partner as well. Yeah. Right. So it's a lot of things that we don't necessarily talk about when we talk about women dying. So Mm -hmm. what about the fears that their partners may have of, Oh, I could potentially lose my partner. Right. So Mm -hmm. then now your partner's on guard, like what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to protect instead of this being this really like, joyous time you're doing the fight or flight Mm. right and so that's not a childbirth is not that's not the place where you need to be doing those things right yeah so if you have a doula the doula is there to support your partner as well for the things that are said or unsaid Mm -hmm. right um but it's just i would definitely say getting to a medical provider that you trust Mm-hmm. And this is, we're talking about during uh, pregnancy, a yeah. medical provider that you trust, right? Um, the initial meeting with that provider, both of you should be still fully clothed, mm-hmm. being able to ask questions. Yeah. Because just, just think about it. If you're in a robe and then your your doctor's fully clothed, like you're more vulnerable. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that in itself is a dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. So if you aren't, if you, for whatever reason, aren't getting a good feeling about the medical provider, you have a right to switch medical providers at any point during your pregnancy. Okay. Yeah. Any point. Yeah. Like you could be 38 weeks. Like if you could find another provider that will help you, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. But I will also say that that's where um, midwives are amazing. Mm-hmm. And you can go to a midwife for anything mm-hmm. any time in your pregnancy, as long as you aren't considered high risk, right? Mm-hmm. And so you'd have to really go through the notions of what does that mean? What does that look like? But even some midwives will still help you. You just have to talk and have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. 
So a midwife, um, explain to us the difference between a midwife and a doula. Okay. So a midwife is going to be able to catch a baby. Um, a okay. midwife is also there um, through majority of your uh, laboring. Um, it's not because it's one-on-one care. It's not the, the midwife popping in and out. Right. Yeah. Um, and then let's also say that um, you can use a midwife for home birth. You can also use a midwife in the hospital. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't know that. Yeah. Um, but so the midwife is going to provide all of the medical things associated with it. A doula doesn't provide anything medical. She's just there for the emotional, physical support. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Um, because again, still a lot of, I, even myself, not just a lot of people, but myself included are still learning these different things. You know, like I said, um, I used to think when it came to a doula and a midwife, um, you know, I really didn't know the difference between the two until I really started to read more about it and really educate myself on, um, on, on what, what our options are because a lot we just a lot of times we just don't know what our options are we think that we go to our um you know our OBGYN and 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 that's it you know they choose a doctor whoever's on cause who we get and and that's the reality for a lot of women and so being able to have a midwife and a doula on your team it, it, I feel like it, it would change the entire experience. Um, and even for me, you know, I, I have a eight year old and the day that I do decide to have another child, um, because I did have a very traumatic, um, delivery and, um, it was very rushed and think, thank goodness I'm okay. But it, it was very traumatic even for, even for my mom who was in the room, Um, and she's had three kids. And so being able, you know, being in that, in that space where she really doesn't know what's going on and no one can really explain to her what's going on. And, um, you know, she, she's trying to be there to support me, but at the same time, like you said, even for the partner, even for the support system that is in the room, having that doula there that has prepared them for this is so important. Um, so yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't even really remember my birth, um, because I just, yeah, it's, it's a long story, but (laughs) I, I woke up and I remember a lot of people around me. I woke up and, um, and it was like, the room was clear and I was like, what happened? Mm -hmm. Um, so it was, it was almost like just blacking out. I remember them like poking needles in my, in my legs and like giving me shots, I guess, to numb the pain. Um, but I, I don't, again, I don't remember any of the pain and I really don't remember what happened besides just waking up and being like, Oh, you delivered a baby because I didn't even get my son after I delivered him. Um, I delivered my son at 11 o'clock at night and I didn't see him until 4am. No. Yeah. So I, I know that there, so there are a lot of a lot of stories, right, that start to go viral when, oh, this person got mistreated and this person got mistreated. And now, you know, we have this fear associated with birth, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've always said that I wanted to happen is for me to help change the narrative centered around it. Like, I don't want birth pain and fear to all be synonymous. Yeah. They're not. Mm-hmm. Because while, unfortunately, we have experiences like you've had, and so many other people, too many, too many stories that are similar, like there's there's room for it to be a healthy, safe, loving yeah. birth. Mm-hmm. And then I would also say when we were talking about your mom not necessarily knowing what was going on, that's where the doula steps in and is a support system. Mm-hmm. To be able to allow the person that's helping your support system, whether it's your mother, your partner, whoever, mm-hmm. to say, hey, you look like you might need to take a break. Yeah. Hey, I got her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for them to not feel guilty about it. Right. Yeah. 
And so, and then you have to think about those um, those times when we're laboring for uh, 16, 19, mm-hmm. 20 hours. Yeah. If your support system is by your side the whole time and you are not eating, neither are they. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then what I had to explain to one of my fathers during one of the births is that y'all have literally been up for 24 hours and she still hasn't pushed the babies out. Mm-hmm. Why don't you take a quick nap? So that once the babies are here, yeah, she can see see them, know that they're okay, mm-hmm. but then she can rest. Yeah, and so both of you aren't starting off this introduction into parenthood exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And so it, and then it also like doulas aid in helping the partner say, "Hey, you're right. I do got this, and I can support them." Or, "Okay, I know that you have them." Mm-hmm. they're good yeah and it, it relieves the the performance i'm using air quotes performance mm-hmm. anxiety they might have like oh i have to anticipate all of my partner's needs and i have to and that's a lot if you think yeah. about one who has not taken a childbirthing class and they're mm-hmm. extremely new to this just like you and y'all are both going in this this blind so to speak you're you're uh, asking for a lot of your nurses yeah who are going to pop in and out Mm-hmm. But yeah. like they don't necessarily know what to do so then you might that might cause tension like oh you were supposed to help me do this yeah so how do people go about finding a doula um, I'm so sure there are like websites now versus you know five ten years ago trying to find a doula you were like looking in the yellow pages but <laughs> 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 Listen to I'm sorry, I just saw like I just yeah. you know, <laughs> um no, but there are um a lot of so even in birthing books now I've I've found in reading there are a lot of um organizations listed in the back of resources mm-hmm. that are national. Um National Black Rule Association has uh doulas all over. Okay, and that's awesome. Multiple. We're not talking about, oh, it's just one here, one there. Yeah. Here, everywhere, whatever, but they have them listed. Um, you can find them, I want to say, in a Google search, but sometimes that's not necessarily, we don't necessarily find people that look like us. Going into your provider, whether it's your midwife or your OBGYN and asking, um, are they affiliated with any doulas? And a lot of times we have the resources there right there, but we don't know because yeah. we have questions we don't know to ask. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I would say those places are um, like a good place to start. But then also word of mouth. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Word of mouth is definitely an amazing mm-hmm. thing. Like, even if it's not even something that you've experienced, but you know, you had a friend and she was like, oh, you know, I just love my doula, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. get that doula's contact information. Yeah. So that we can support more families mm-hmm. and have good experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Narrative. Yeah. And I think word of mouth and social media, honestly, has been um, a real eye-opener for me. And that's where I really started to – um, gain interest in, okay, what exactly is a doula? What exactly is a midwife? What do they do? How do they help with this process? Um, just being able to see other documented birthing stories. And it's like, oh, wow, like that looks totally different from what I experienced. And um, just seeing that support. And so um, I think that the more that people are sharing these stories is uh, definitely putting us in the space where we are wanting to know more about it and educate ourselves and actually use the resources that are at hand for us. Um, so yeah, word of mouth in social media is definitely our powerful sources that can help us get the information that we need that we may not be getting from doctor's offices or uh, from our insurance providers. And I don't know, and that was the, the other question I was going to ask is, does insurance cover um, hiring a doula so that's tricky it depends on who you're and who you have your insurance with okay um because i've had a client that was like you know my my insurance company doesn't cover it where i had another um 
client that said, okay, I have to pay up front, but mm -hmm. as long as um, I have documented documentation that you know you're giving me these services mm -hmm. they can get reimbursed okay yeah. gotcha so a lot of times it's out of pocket it may be a reimbursement mm -hmm. but most times it's out of pocket okay gotcha good to know um i would say that's why it's uh, really important to hire doula as early in your pregnancy as possible so that way you can figure out what the cost is, mm -hmm. those adjustments, especially if you're having to pay out of pocket. Because a lot of times what I've been hearing is that families will say, I really want, you know, I'm really been looking for a doula and I'm glad I found you. And then it's like, oh, okay. So we get to talking, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, I didn't know this was going to hundreds of dollars. Oh. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, you have to think about the fact that your doula is stopping everything. It's a journey, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. you have to build this relationship and all of those things yeah. that come along with it. I'm with you for 25, 30 hours plus mm -hmm. pregnancy. Yeah. So it's an investment. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times families don't prepare ahead of time. So they're like, well, I guess I'll, you know, just, I know about you for next time. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want that to be a thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How early on do, should people uh, look at uh, look into hiring a doula? Like once once they fit and once they find out they're pregnant, at what point in their pregnancy should they be looking at starting their journey with a doula? Uh, I would definitely again would say as early as possible. Okay. So if you find out, oh, we're six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. Stop, Make stop arrangements. Around for your doula. Stop yes. around. Like. Yeah. Yeah. That's because it's really important. Mm -hmm. you know, and then you don't know what you will need, especially right. if it's your first pregnancy or if you, it's your second pregnancy and mm -hmm. you didn't necessarily have the things that you needed during your first pregnancy. And it's like, oh, okay, those things are available and doulas know people. So mm -hmm. we're going to know a massage therapist. We're going to know like an acupuncturist. Mm -hmm. We're going to know like yeah. all of these things that are associated that you wouldn't necessarily, necessarily yeah. know. Yeah. And and these are also like different things that come up within the pregnancy, like you've already experienced with other people. So you know the signs and you know how to, you know, how to handle it or um, know what they should, what they need to do in that moment or in those moments that, you know, because their their body is changing, a lot is happening. And, and a lot of times it could be the first time for them, but you've seen it and you've experienced it before with other clients. And so you can identify those things that they're going through. Um, and I think that that is really important. Um, but I, I had a question for you because I know that in uh, the thing that I really love is that you do is the postpartum doula, which you talked a little bit about in the beginning, because it's so important. Um, we are in new moms or you're adding, you know, you're adding to your family, you're growing your family and things are changing within, you know, minutes. And your life has completely changed and, and that stress and everything just kind of weighs down on you on top of your body is healing and, um, you know, you are adjusting to your new life. And, um, but I did want to ask as far as like women that let's say, for instance, if someone, um, does start their journey with a doula at six weeks and, um, and they happen to miscarry or, you know, they're, they're basically in a position to where they don't have their baby do you help with services like that with just the healing process of um just moving through moving through that part of life and um healing and grieving yes so that so okay we combined a couple of different doula services in one right mm -hmm. so a postpartum doula is going to help you throughout the postpartum period up until the baby's first birthday. Okay. Right. And so, and that's not even saying like, oh, I have to be your birth doula and your postpartum doula, or I had to even know you the first six months of your baby's life. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just say you're relocating or you're going back to work and you need to reacclimate yourself with your new life mm -hmm. and you need help in that transition. Ideally, yes, we would like to help you in the beginning, mm -hmm. but if you need help when the baby's six months old, 
let's jump in and let's figure this thing out. Yeah. Like ask for help. And that's another thing that we're, we're afraid of. I'm finding a lot of people will say like, Oh, I told my friend about your postpartum doula services, but they're like, you know, that's, that's their job as a parent to cook and clean and, yeah, but then you have to think about this is a really sensitive time and mm-hmm. again, like you said you're healing and then if you're breastfeeding you know yeah. you have a small window of time mm-hmm. and then you're already sleep deprived and if this is you already have other children running around the house you still have to care for them while caring right. for them. and it's just a lot mm-hmm. and a lot of women don't necessarily heal properly because they jump back into mommy mode yeah. right yeah and and while I, I understand it because of the way society is set up now, mm-hmm. that's why it's really important to hire a postpartum doula and to also really, like, this is the time where if you want your village, like, hey, village, whoever is trying to be a village, mm-hmm. I need all of the love and support that I can get right now. Yeah. Food angels included. So Yes, yes. <laughs> having, Absolutely. Yeah, if we're having a baby shower or even if we're not, but somewhere where everyone will be together, let's go ahead and fill out this list. Okay, on day one, you pick a number one through however many days you want to do it. So it could be one through seven. It could be one through 35. It could be mm-hmm. one through 75. Mm-hmm. Like, let's pick, everybody pick a number. And on this day, after we come home, you vow to bring food over for that day. I love that idea. That's yeah. amazing. It yeah. is. It really is. And so that way you're not relying on takeout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still, that's an extra expense. On top of the fact that that still implies that you have to go out or have it delivered, whatever. But it's right. Better, yeah. Right? Um, but it takes the pressure off of you having to cook and clean and everybody's having nutritious meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and then you're able to if you're doing it while you're still pregnant you're able to say, oh, well, this is the type of diet that we have. We don't eat this. We don't. So that way you're not having to, oh, I respectfully decline this nice meal that you. Right. Are working yeah. With, but yeah. You can take your broccoli casserole. <laughs> we don't eat broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love that. And they have, they have plenty of time to prepare and um, it's not a last minute thing. And, and then you don't also feel like it's a burden to be like, Hey, like, would you mind to make us something like, you know, we're adjusting to new life and we're tired of takeout. We just want a home cooked meal. So right. it takes away that feeling that you're being a burden on someone by asking right. and they're volunteering way ahead of time. So I right. love that. Right. And, and then postpartum is not the time where you um, need to be entertaining guests. Mm-hmm. It's not the time for somebody to just come on over and hold the baby. Yeah. That's, I get it, but no, mm-hmm. we, we could do so much more support in other areas. Yeah. So much more support in other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, even like just little things that you don't think about, like picking up the older siblings. Mm-hmm. Dropping yeah. them off so mom doesn't have to lug the baby into the car. Right. By a certain, like, and then that, that anxiety that builds up of we have to be there by a certain time and I need to get 30,000 things in the car and like that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So the postpartum doula is going to be there to support you to do now. Again, you have to ask each postpartum doula specifically if she's willing to do all of these things. Right. Laundry and um, just light housekeeping and mm-hmm. dishes and either meal or snack preparations, making yeah. sure they did you take a shower today? Mm-hmm. No? Okay. Go take a shower. Longer yeah. than two minutes. So you don't mm-hmm. have to keep peeking your head out. The baby didn't move. It's okay. Right. Go use the restroom when you actually need to practice self-care. Like a lot of things, people are thinking like, oh, can't practice self-care. Self-care really just means I'm listening to my body. I have to go urinate. And I'm mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that my baby is safe with a postpartum doula and I don't have to rush. Mm-hmm. And I can just have a second. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Or just being able to have your baby be taken care of while you actually take a nap. Mm-hmm. Imagine that you being able yeah. to take a nap and not being sleep deprived. Yes. Like, think about how much, even when you're not pregnant, think about how much better you are after you've taken a nap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Angry. Yeah. 
<laughs> you're like my attitude is better <laughs> you actually want to be around me <laughs> and just the with everything like your house actually being tidy so you don't mm-hmm. have like a thousand different things piled up everywhere or you don't necessarily have to be the one to change every single diaper yeah or you have time to bond with the baby and the doula is going to sit with your older your older children so no one is getting neglected. Mm-hmm. You know, so everybody's taking care of. Or imagine being able to talk to your partner about something other than just the baby. Yeah. Because you're yeah. actually able to do something or read something. Mm-hmm. Like, you can actually hold an adult conversation. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. But then going back to the, um, the part where you were asking about with miscarriages, that would be um, a perinatal bereavement doula. And so, yes... Some doulas will help with that. Not everyone. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being there to support in the time of loss, being able to um, really go through the motions, your emotions mm-hmm. of how you feel. Um, and then just, I don't want to say giving like a prep for questions, but you kind of do have to allow the, the space to prep them for questions so okay. when I when I say that I say like um if you were further along like really far along in your pregnancy and people knew or even if you're not but people knew mm-hmm. all of a sudden your stomach isn't growing right yeah going on, what happened mm-hmm. yeah I thought I thought I saw a post mm-hmm. again being insensitive but doing the best they can with right with, right but mm-hmm. then, like, how, do, how does a person who's lost a child, how do they answer those questions? Yeah. Or if you've miscarried before, just a simple question people ask, oh, is this your first baby? Yeah. How do you answer that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, like, is it politically correct to say, no, like, this is actually my seventh time carrying a child, but my first one this far along? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a lot of times women have suffered miscarriages, then they go on to birth a baby, but then they feel bad about the baby that they weren't able to carry. Mm. That can cause postpartum depression as well. Mm. Yeah. So dealing with those things and then even, oh, is this your first baby? Is this your first child? Once you're holding your newborn in your arms. Mm -hmm. So now you're reminding me that. Yeah. I wasn't able to hold mm-hmm. however many. Mm-hmm. And these are also questions that people on the other, the people that, that are asking that um, we could also be a little more sensitive to because that it's that's something that I've never even thought of uh, when I'm asking people, Oh, is this your first? Because, you know, we're excited and we come from a place of excitement, but not thinking about those sensitive moments that maybe it's not their first pregnancy. Um, so yeah, I, I love that you share that because that is a, that is a reminder for those of us that are coming across, you know, someone that's pregnant and just trying to have small talk or reconnecting, um, and asking those questions, uh, just reminding ourselves to be sensitive to that information and just congratulating them and moving on. Right. And I would, I would definitely say if you're going to ask questions, like, is it is this a perfect stranger that you don't know that right you yeah never see again do mm-hmm. you really need to know what the baby's name is going to be and yeah. like how you came up with that name and how many other children do you have and mm-hmm. are you still with your partner like what <laughs> yeah. people do get very nosy when it comes i'm like <laughs> yeah. and no you can't touch me <laughs> you cannot touch me and this is something that you would not have normally stopped me to talk about so let's right. not do this now yeah so, like, and while it's in good, in good fun and good intention, mm-hmm. again, you'd never know how much anxiety you just caused her. Yeah. You yeah. never know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So just wrapping this up because I can literally go on and on about this. I'm like, tell us all of the things we need to know. But I think that this is a great starting point for, 
um, everyone, um, whether you are expecting, whether you are planning, whether you are just a support system or a stranger on the street. Um, you made some very valid points and some, you know, some really amazing reminders for us to be sensitive to other people's situations and how we can best support, um, those, uh, those that are close to us that are expecting, um, expecting, uh, new additions to their family. So I love that. So wrapping up, if you can tell us a little bit about how, we can stay in contact with you, um, where everyone that is listening today can find you um, and just reach out if they are in Hampton Roads and they want to use your services. What are the best ways that they can connect with you? So um, I am on social media as Spaces, with an S, Spaces for Healing, um, so Facebook and Instagram. Um, you definitely can reach me a lot better on Facebook, um, more interactive there, but I do check both periodically. Um, and I'm also on the National Black Rule Association. I'm on their website. You can find me there as well. Um, spacesforhealing at gmail.com. Um, providing, just answering questions. Really, I don't mind answering questions. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've gotten a lot of questions lately about, you know, women interested in providing support yeah. and becoming doulas. So I mm -hmm. don't mind those questions as well um, because I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have anyone to ask questions. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you don't ask questions, you just don't know, or you yeah. assume it might be just the wrong thing. Um, but yeah, so that on social media, um, I will also give this, this plug that I've, I've been hashtagging myself as the traveling doula so if i have adequate enough time um i definitely can support a family outside of the hampton roads area i love um, that but again that would be adequate time for planning and us being able to get the logistics down but um yeah i'm here for anybody like i'm just loving all the babies loving all the mamas <laughs> and the and just like you know let me just mother the new mother Come yes <laughs> I all love the, that. All the air kisses. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and then I also, if, even if you have a doula already, um, I provide prenatal yoga as well. So um, making sure that, you know, you're stretching, doing the things that you need to do. And then, you know, I have the, the loving vibe. So I might end up speaking a word. Into yes. <laughs> And, and for those that are local in the Hampton Roads area, tell us a little bit about um, your yoga classes, uh, how often, where they can connect with you, where they can attend class, um, and um, what days, because it, it, it's certain days of the week, correct? It is. It's certain days of the week. Um, on Wednesdays, we have our wild woman yoga classes. And I have to say it like with a very like, ah, type thing. <laughs> <laughs> so hence the name. So it's a yoga class specifically for women. But it's about um, snatching back our divine feminine energy and our power. Um, I've had people ask me to like do like a a video, a sneak peek video, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's for, um, you to, I don't necessarily want to say get your sexy back, like, like just a Timberlake, but because you might not have ever lost it. Right. But it's building mm -hmm. confidence in a space where you can also build sisterhood. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we're going to use the yoga poses, um, to get us where we need to be, but also like, just really flowing through it. So it's not a very forced, am I doing this right? It's a very, this feels good to my body, so I'm going to move this way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so those are Wednesdays um, at 745 um, on 35th Street at Village Academy. Okay. Um, it's 619 West 35th Street. Um, and then Saturdays, we're still working on our Saturdays. It might be um, the first and third. Well, it is the first and third now, but I'm thinking about incorporating just every Saturday. Um, okay. The spa and military circle mall. 
Okay. Um, so it's a beautiful, like, very serene energy. Um, mm-hmm. And anyone is welcome. Okay. Um, and then I'm also hosting yoga classes for the babies. When I say babies, are teen children. Um, <laughs> but that's our stop dropping yoga classes, and they're held at the Pink Roller inside Military Circle Mall as well. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, Sweet. Yeah. And I will have all of the information linked down in the show notes, you guys, um, so you can find. Um, Ria's events as well as how to connect with her Uh, I will have all of that information listed down in the notes so definitely connect with her Uh, reach out to her whether you are expecting a baby or not go to wild women yoga and all of the things and connect with that community and she is just absolutely amazing and so I thank you so much for coming on to the show today and sharing everything with us. And um, we will talk again next time because I feel like this is definitely a to be continued. So We can definitely do a part two. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome, love.